This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, May 8th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Robertson Stabenow take Farm Bill Show to Michigan. ITC confirms damage from Argentine and Indonesian biodiesel. And USDA highlights importance of ag exports to Mexico. The Senate Agriculture Committee took its Farm Bill Show on the road again this weekend to Frankenmuth, Michigan. Chairman Pat Roberts and ranking Democrat Debbie Stabenow held a hearing to showcase the variety of farmers that are counting on Congress to support crop insurance, export promotion, conservation, and other programs. Speaking at the hearing at her home state, ranking member Stabenow said, going into the 2018 Farm Bill, we know things have changed over the past few years. She continued, low prices have pinched margins and made it tough for many producers to make ends meet. Right off the bat, we know we need to strengthen our farm safety net, particularly for dairy farmers. The first farm bill hearing this year was held on Roberts' home turf in Manhattan, Kansas. Saturday's hearing was designed to showcase the breadth and variety of producers in Michigan and across the country that benefit from the farm bill, with witnesses representing apple, sugar beet, corn, soybean, wheat, hay, cherry, hops, dairy, turkey, cattle, swine, and honey producers. One issue brought up that is traditionally outside the purview of the farm bill is labor. Dairy, fruit, vegetable, and other farmers depend on emigrant labor for their harvest, putting them in a difficult position between an inadequate H-2A visa program and political strife over illegal workers. Doesn't fall under the jurisdiction of the Senator House Agriculture Committee, but it's often listed as a primary concern for the farm sector. Chris Alpers, a witness representing Red Path Orchards and Alpers Farm, said in testimony, The solution to this problem must come sooner rather than later. I have personally witnessed crops wasting away on trees because the producer wasn't able to produce a domestic workforce or there had been an extreme delay in the H-2A program. Stavidow defends insistence on dairy aid. Stabenow is pushing back against criticism of her role in the congressional budget negotiations. She and other Senate Democrats blocked aid for cotton growers after negotiations were unable to reach an agreement on including aid for dairy producers as well. At a news conference Saturday after the committee hearing, Stabenow said leaders of the House Agriculture Committee failed to reach out to her or her staff on the cotton issue. The House members decided to try to do something on their own outside the farm bill for cotton without reaching out to us at all. And we have been talking as well about the important help that dairy needs. Stabenow said she hopes that the USDA can provide some assistance to producers administratively. ITC confirms damage from Argentine and Indonesian biodiesel. There is evidence that the U.S. biodiesel industry is being materially injured by imports from Argentina and Indonesia. That was the conclusion reached Friday by the U.S. International Trade Commission, and it means the Commerce Department will calculate duties on imports from the two countries. Commerce is scheduled to announce the levels of countervailing duties on the biodiesel imports by June 16 and anti-dumping duties by August 30th. USDA highlights importance of ag exports to Mexico. 
It's been just over a week since USDA Chief Sonny Perdue helped to convince President Donald Trump not to withdraw, at least temporarily, from the North American Free Trade Agreement. And now the department is highlighting the value of Mexico to U.S. agricultural exporters. USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service on Friday posted a new infographic advertising the fact that U.S. farmers sold $17.9 billion worth of corn, soybeans, pork, dairy, and other commodities to Mexico last year. That's a 64% increase over the past 10 years, and farm groups attribute most of that growth to NAFTA, which cut Mexican tariffs on most U.S. farm goods to zero. If you think those kinds of numbers will assure the survival of NAFTA, well, maybe not. U.S. Commerce Department put up a separate posting last week decrying the rising overall trade deficit with Mexico. The U.S. trade deficit with its NAFTA neighbor to the south rose by $363 million from February through March, that according to Commerce. The United States can no longer sustain this inflated trade deficit with our closest trading partners, said Commerce Secretary Ross. The Trump administration is committed to rebalancing our trade relationships in order to protect American workers and businesses from lopsided trade relationships. For more on how the rice industry could be impacted by a NAFTA renegotiation, listen to this week's AgriPulse Open Mic interview with Betsy Ward, President and CEO of USA Rice. Plea for calorie counts on menus. How many calories are in that smoothie? Well, there's no good reason from a health perspective for keeping customers in the dark when it comes to the amount of calories they're taking in at restaurants, movie theaters, and elsewhere, that according to the American Heart Association. We are extremely disappointed in FDA's decision to push back yet again the deadline for food establishments to provide essential nutritional information their customers want and deserve regarding menu items. That the word of the group CEO Nancy Brown in a statement Friday. She continued, rather than delaying these requirements, the FDA should focus on putting the power of decision-making in consumers' hands. Some companies like McDonald's got ahead of menu label requirements in the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act, but many are balking at what they see as a costly federal mandate. Those concerns aren't important when compared to the health of a nation that's struggling with an obesity epidemic, according to supporters of menu labeling. Brown said healthy eating can prevent and reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease, our nation's number one and most costly killer. Being fully informed about exactly what is in their food is a key step to empowering consumers to eat smarter by making healthier choices that are right them. Senators tell China it's time to buy U.S. beef. Now that the Trump administration has an agriculture secretary in place, it's time for China to finally follow through on its promise and lift its ban on U.S. beef. That according to six U.S. senators who recently returned from a trip to Beijing. Montana Senator Steve Daines and the others sent a letter last week to the Chinese premier who they met during the trip. Technical issues remain. However, and during our congressional delegation visit, you indicated that the U.S. lacking a Senate-confirmed Secretary of Agriculture was an impediment to resolving this issue, the senator said in the letter. 
We respectfully request that following the recent confirmation of the Honorable Sonny Perdue as Secretary of Agriculture, you prioritize reaching an agreement that allows Chinese consumers to have the opportunity to enjoy high-quality U.S. beef and direct all relevant agencies within your government to do the same. Perdue said during a speech in Iowa this weekend, he's already working on reopening that market for U.S. beef. The Chinese will tell you they want American beef, and we're going to figure out a way to get it to them, Purdue said. These are technical discussions that are tough, but we're going to stay at it because people do business with people, and we want them to trust us that we're bringing them a healthy, wholesome product. Got methamphetamine? Border Patrol agents arrested a woman trying to smuggle into the U.S. from Mexico about 59 pounds of liquid methamphetamine in milk cartons and orange juice bottles. The drugs have a street value of about $900,000, that according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency. Here's today's He Said It. You can't take powdered sugar, mix it with water, add orange flavorings and color, and call it orange juice. That was National Milk Producers Federation President Jim Mulhern talking about products such as almond milk that don't actually contain dairy ingredients. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, May 8th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod Watkinson and Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.